have you ever noticed that we all know that we have a lot to be thankful for. We all know that we live in a great country. We all know that we're blessed beyond measure with uh, material things, and, and we need to be thankful for that. But have you ever noticed how you get more thankful for something when it's gone? You ever notice that in your life? Uh, a friend that uh, moves away, all of a sudden, you know, you just appreciate their presence more than you did when they were with you, you know? Um, like, you know, when the power goes out, how about that? You never wake up thankful for power, right? You just take it for granted. But when the power goes out and then it comes back on, you go, man, so thankful for the power has come back on, right? Have you ever lived through a garbage strike? Okay, well, some of us have. Listen, when the garbage man, you don't, you're not thankful for the garbage man, usually, right? You don't think about it. But when the garbage man does not come, you really want the garbage man to come. It's nasty after a while. Thankful for things. You know, you notice things after they're gone. And, of course, it, it, it just impresses upon us again how important it is to be thankful for things while we have them, right? Not to wait until something's gone to say, thank you, you know, thank you to your spouse. Thank you, honey. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I want to, I, obviously, I want to talk about being thankful today, but I know it's like, oh, greatest thing, he's going to, you know, he's got to talk about that. But I, I want to talk about it because uh, Thanksgiving just gives me an excuse to talk about it. But it's actually a very, very important quality that I think we need to have. Um, put up for me 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 18. Just one verse today we're going to start with. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Be thankful in every circumstance, for this is God's will. This is God's will for you. You know, we can take so many things for granted. So we can take people for granted, things for granted. We can take the blessing of God for granted. I mean, did you wake up and thank God for the, the first breath that you breathed when you got out of bed? You know, but it's because of his mercy, right? Everything we have can be taken for granted. Why is thankfulness important? I want to start there. We know that we need to be thankful for all of the material things that we're blessed with, and, and uh, sometimes we're not. So it's a good reminder today that we should be and that we need to be. But if there's something or someone that we need to be thankful for, come on, his name is. This is the greatest thing, the greatest person, the, 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 the greatest relationship we could ever have. We, we know, we know, this is a good time to say amen, even though it might hurt a little bit, okay? We know that even if we lack in material things, but we still have him, we are rich, right? We are rich when we have him. So the, the Bible says that one of the signs of the last days is that people are going to be growing more and more ungrateful. It's going to be a sign of the end. And uh, let me read it for you, 2 Timothy chapter 3. Uh, it says this, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. 
For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. One of the signs among those many is that people are going to be growing more and more ungrateful. And I think you would agree with me that we're seeing it in our day. We're seeing this lack of gratitude, this, this lack of thankfulness for anything that our expectation is, is that we should have everything. And when the smallest thing gets removed, we, we melt like butter in a microwave, you know? It's, it's this, this lack of gratitude. Being thankful, why is it important? Because it's really, really a key to our spiritual lives. This is why uh, Thanksgiving just gives me an opportunity to talk about it. But it's very, very important that we understand how gratitude plays a major factor in our connection and in our relationship with the Lord. Uh, here's just a couple of things, and I, I think you have it there in your notes. But the first is, why is being thankful important to our spiritual lives? Well, A, ungrateful believers are going to struggle to maintain a good relationship with Jesus. It's just true. I've seen it multiple times over and over again. When you lack gratitude, it's going to open the door for the enemy. And guess what he does? He sows discontent into your heart. He, he, he sows, he steals that joy. He steals that peace. All of a sudden, you're discouraged. All of a sudden, you've got a dark cloud over you. All of a sudden, you are, you're the most, most indifferent, apathetic person that you could ever imagine. And, and you don't know how you even got there, right? It, and it happens when we start to lose our gratitude. This is a key. So ungrateful believers are going to struggle to maintain a good relationship with Jesus. A B, ungrateful believers are never going to serve with the same effectiveness as those who are joyful, right? And thankful. If you're trying to serve God and not be grateful for all that he's done for you, guess how effective you're going to be? Right? C, ungrateful believers are never going to be as effective as those. Uh, no, that's B. Ungrateful believers will never give of their time. They'll never give of their talent and their money like those who are thankful for what they have. So if you're not thankful, you actually, you, you, it, it's a funny connection, but it's true, and I think you'll, you'll, you'll realize it's true. People who are ungrateful are not givers. They just don't give. They don't give of their money, their time, their talent. They don't make an effort to do anything. Ungrateful people seem to be uh, so inward focused that it, it robs them of the joy and the life of giving. And so ungrateful believers will never give like they should, right? When we're thankful for all of our blessings, you know what it does in your life? It actually births generosity in you, right? Because you go, oh my goodness, I'm so thankful for everything I have. 
I've got to give some back. I've got to help somebody. It births generosity in our lives. And of course, when we understand, the Bible says that every good thing we have has come from God. That's what it says. That's what the Bible says. Every good thing, whether people understand it or not, whether they recognize it or not, it's still true. Every good thing we have has come from God. And so when you recognize that, everything has come from Him. You know what it does? It helps you to live with, as they say, an open hand, not a closed fist, right? Because He's given me everything I have. And so I've got to try to give back, you know? And so being uh, ungrateful, it robs you of giving, and that's not the best way to be. Ungrateful believers, D, they're never going to praise. This is an important one. They're never going to praise as, uh, as a thankful believer will. I don't actually believe that it's possible to really praise God and remain unthankful. I, actually, I'm not sure it's possible. I'm pretty sure it's not. You know, when you come, have, wait, wait, that's the, uh, I will enter his gates with, just hit me right now. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. Come on. I will say this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. Keep going. Come on. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. One more. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. How do you enter into his gates without thanksgiving? How do you do it? You can't do it. It's not right. It's just not possible. As somebody might be standing in church and singing the words, but if they don't have the thankfulness inside, they really haven't entered the gates. They're still on the outside. We enter the gates with thanksgiving, right? We have to understand in his presence, right, there is fullness of joy. Right. So joy and thankfulness, by the way, is a concept. We don't have time for it today. It could be, that could, this could work out into a part two or a three. But, but joy and thankfulness in the Bible are deeply connected dozens and dozens of times. Thankfulness and joy go together. Ungratitude and misery go together. Okay? But thankfulness and joy are this beautiful, you know, uh, this beautiful pair that seem to go together. Ungrateful believers don't praise. They can't praise. They can't enter the gates. It's not possible to remain unthankful and walk into the presence of God. It's not possible. So in his presence, there is only joy. In his presence, there is only life. In his presence, the Bible says there is fullness of these things, fullness of joy, fullness of gratitude, right? God, every, God is full of every good thing, right? Every good thing he's full of. So listen, when you get praising God, it fills you with thankfulness, This is why it's important, even if you don't like the song, even if you're having a lousy day, even if your kids were miserable in the car, it does get here and start to give him praise. 
because there's something that happens when you enter his gates with thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise. It'll say, this is the day. All of a sudden, the baggage starts lifting off. The, the heaviness starts lifting off. The light starts coming into your brain. You start feeling better, more encouraged. Hope returns. This happens in the presence of God. You can't get there if you don't enter the gate with thanksgiving. It's, it must happen. That's all for free. None of that was in my notes. But that's real and that's true. Yeah. We have to... That's free anyway, I know. But Extra. How about extra? It's extra, yeah. But it, when we, we have to praise God and when we do it, it fills us with thankfulness. You see... We have to always remember that worship is a weapon. It's, it's, it's not a toy. It's not a joke. It's not a time filler until somebody gets up and starts preaching the word. That's, that's a horrible way to look at it, a ridiculous way to look at it, and an unbiblical way to look at it. Worship is a weapon against the enemy, and you come into his presence with thanksgiving, all of a sudden, all the nasty baggage that the enemy is trying to throw on you, it can't stand in the fullness of joy, right? It can't cling to you. It can't stay with you, right? It feels like it might be stuck with super glue, but walk into his presence and the oil of joy starts flowing over you and all that stuff washes off of you. This is what it is. Worship is a weapon against the enemy and you can't, you, you, you just can't lose your gratitude. If you lose your gratitude, you're going to get weak. You're going to grow weak in the fight. See, if you can't praise, then you're going to get weak. It's, it's a weapon that we use to build ourselves up with, right? It's a, it's a tool that God has given us. So, it's really, really important. So uh, those are a few reasons why thankfulness is important. Here's uh, some signs of a complainer, okay? So I, I describe complaining as this. Uh, it's an outward expression of someone who is discontented on the inside. I didn't read that in a book. That just came from me. That one is free and maybe extra due. I don't know. But, but uh, uh, complaining, a complainer... It, it, it gives you, uh, like, there's a reason why somebody is a chronic complainer, right? It's an, outward, it's an outward sign. It's an outward expression of someone who has some, some deep-rooted discontent on the inside, right? What comes, what, what's on the inside comes out, right? And complaining does that. So, and it's so easy, by the way. It's so easy for us to slip into this chronic com complaining mode. It's easy. Employees complain about their boss. The boss complains about their employees. Students complain about their teachers. Teachers complain about their students, right? We complain about our spouse. We complain when the takeout food takes too long. Like, we complain a lot. And this week, I was noticing in my own life and in the conversations that I, excuse me, <coughs> that I was having, how many times the, the talk becomes negative and critical? It actually shocked me. And it, 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 uh, it just reminded me of how far we have to go, me included. It's so easy to complain. It's like, this, it's like a raging virus that infects us. 
and, and someone starts to do it, and instead of saying, you know, you shouldn't start complaining, guess what a complainer does? He, it spreads. It's nasty. It, 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 it's just so easy for us to do this. Like, and here's the thing. If I asked you all, right, today, like individually, we're out in the lobby having a conversation, and I say, hey, would you consider yourself to be a complainer? Like 99% of you would say, no, oh no, I'm not a complainer. I, I'm not a complainer, right? Like, I, I, we would say that, right? But I, I want you to do this. Help me out. Here's a little bit of takeaway homework for the week, all right? I encourage you to, to, to pay close attention to the words that are coming out of your mouth in the next week, as uh, the movie says, right? Pay attention to the words that are coming out of your mouth. And you, I'm telling you, you're going to be unpleasantly surprised at how negative and critical you are on a regular basis and just how much you're involved with it. Like, the, you know what they say about complaining, right? Complaining is like bad breath. You notice it when it comes out of somebody else's mouth, not so much when it comes out of yours, right? And, and it's true. Somebody should write that down. That was a good one. Yeah. But, but it's true, right? Why is it that, you know, we're in a room and somebody's complaining and we notice it, but then we don't notice when it comes, you know, it's the, it's the whole thing. It's the speck and log thing again in our, in, in our, in our perspective. I have this challenge, and I'd love for us to, to try. Is it possible, is it possible that we can go one week from this moment until this moment next Sunday and not utter a complaint? Who's with me? Can, can you, okay? All right, I want you to take one week. I want you to take one week, I'm serious. Take one week. <laughs> yeah, the only way I'm not going to complain is if I don't talk, yeah. No, that's not the right attitude to have now, okay. All right, listen, I'm going to come up here next Sunday and I'm going to say, how did you do? No lying in church and you're going to have to tell me, okay? So honestly, I'm, 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 I'm just making fun, but, but seriously, try to go one week starting from today to next Sunday and try not to complain or engage in negative, critical talking. And if you hear it, then stop it, right? And if you do it, say, Lord, I'm sorry. I just blew it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start fret. Like, see how you can do this. See how well you can do it, all right? Are you with me? Okay, so starting now, right now at, it's 11.13, it says. So next week at 11.13, we'll be allowed to complain again. No, I'm just joking. No, I, I, let's just try to go seven days, okay? So here are some signs of a complainer. Three, there's many, many, but here's three that I just wrote down. The signs of a, a somebody that complains a lot, a chronic complainer, is that they're unhappy about everything. You ever met those? Like nothing seems to be able to keep a chronic complainer happy for very long. It doesn't seem, it just doesn't seem to be possible. Whatever they're complaining about, you fix, and then they complain about something else. 
Then you fix that and they find something else to complain about. They are, they're always unhappy. They always find something to be unhappy about. We won't take the time, but I put it in your small group questions for this week, uh, for those in small groups. And if you're not, have a read of Numbers chapter 11 this week. And it's, the, it's when uh, God had delivered the Israelites out of Egypt. They were on their way to the promised land. And they were complaining about everything. Everything. Right? They, I mean everything. They don't want to be in the desert. They're, they're tired of eating manna. They, they want food. They want the food that they had in Egypt. They want more water. They want more meat. They want everything. Everything is bad, and they complain about everything. It actually was driving God crazy. And not only God, but Moses. Moses was at one, you know, Moses at times would say, God, it's okay. You know, let me intercede for them. Let me bless them. Let me help them. Let me guide. Give me the strength, Lord. Give me the strength. It got to the point in Numbers chapter 11 where God said he couldn't take it anymore. And Moses said to God, if I have to put up with these people any longer, I would prefer that you kill me. I'm joking. I'm not joking. Read the chapter. He said, I can't take it anymore. I would prefer that you kill me because these people are driving me insane. They were complaining about everything. See, like God performing miracles to get them out of slavery, that wasn't enough to be thankful for. Let's go back to Egypt so we can have garlic but get whipped every day. That's a good exchange, right? Duh. Like the promise of his presence. Think about this. He guides them by a cloud during the day and by a pillar of fire at night. You know what he's trying to say? I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm never, I'm never leaving you. I'm going to guide you, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to get you through this. I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make sure you make it, right? His presence, like you could see visible presence of God. That's not enough to be thankful for. Being free from being a slave, for 400 years, that's not enough to be thankful for. How about free food falling from the sky every day? They didn't have to work for food. They didn't have to just walk out and there it was, right? That's nothing to be thankful for. Like, nothing could keep them happy for very long. It's ridiculous. And, and not, not, to, not to poke them too hard because we're the same. We're the same. And we need to do better, a much better, right? Are you constantly or regularly unhappy? Are you dissatisfied with so many things in your life? You see, there's a, there's a difference between a holy dissatisfaction and just a discontented, miserable dissatisfaction, right? There's a huge difference. I'm not satisfied because I want our whole town safe right? That's a holy dissatisfaction, right? But there are so many things in our lives that we need to do much better in this area at. So I suggest, if that's you, if, you're, if you find yourself regularly unhappy, and of course you're not a complainer, but, but just if you find yourself regularly unhappy, you might want to check the level of gratitude that you have going on in your life. You might need to pause and say, 
Lord, help me to count my blessings. Name them one by one. Let, just remind me of how good you are and how good I have it and how blessed I am. This is a sign of a complainer, unhappy about everything. And here's the second one. They justify their unhappiness, right? All the time. I know you people out here, you're thinking of somebody right now, and it's not you thinking about somebody. Leave them alone and think about yourself, okay? Leave them alone and think about yourself, okay? We justify our unhappiness. So we're unhappy about everything, and then we justify being unhappy about everything, right? Like a complainer never takes responsibility for their bad attitude. Never. Never. The blame is always on someone else or something else. Well, if he would just then, you know, if she would just, you know, if they would just, you know, if the government would just, you know, if he would just get, you know, like, it, it just, it's never your fault. It's always somebody else's, right? And, and we justify that unhappiness. Let me keep going. Uh, third is the, is, is the sign of a, of a complainer is they're constantly focusing on the negative. Constantly. Like, there's always something to complain about. There always is if you look for it, okay? There always is. A constant complainer always sees the bad in every situation, and then they make sure that that stays, that stays the focus, right? So we recognize the bad, and then I focus on it, right? This is, is this, this obsession with focusing on the negative. I, I heard this funny old story. Two old friends hadn't seen each other in years, and they bumped into each other on the street, and one of them looked so depressed. And his buddy said, what's wrong, man? And he said, well, let me, let me tell you. He says, three weeks ago, my uncle died, and he left me $40,000. Two weeks ago, my cousin died, and she left me $85,000. Last week, my aunt died, and she left me $250,000. And his friend's confused, and he says, what's the problem? And he says, this week, nothing. <laughs> it's just an extreme, an extreme goofy story, but it happens to us. It's the, it's the classic Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh syndrome, right? It's a beautiful sunny day. He comes out, you know, Winnie the Pooh will say, Hey, Eeyore, isn't it a lovely day? Well, I heard it's going to rain tomorrow. And I was pretty cold last night, and I don't, you know, like th this is, a, you know, don't think about somebody else. How often do you do it? How often do I do it? This is the challenge, right? So... We focus on the negative and we get obsessed with it. There's always bad to see in every situation. And it's, you know, we talk about the classic half empty, half full, but it, it, there's a concept there that's really true. We can choose what we're going to focus on, right? I don't, I don't choose to look at the negative. It doesn't mean that I don't know it's there. It doesn't mean that I don't recognize that it's real. It doesn't mean that I... I, I, I just pretend that it doesn't exist. It means I, I know that's negative and I need to work on that, but I'm not going to focus on that. I'm going to focus on 
something that's going to keep my gratitude in line, that's going to help me to enter his gates with thanksgiving. The song we sang, Champion, how are powerful words going to come out of your mouth to see miracles happen and strongholds broken when you're walking into his presence critical, negative, and ungrateful? It's not going to happen, right? We focus on the negative too much, and I'm encouraging us, let go of these signs of a complainer, unhappy about everything, justifying your unhappiness, and then being too focused on the negative. So what's wrong with complaining? I was thinking about it, and there's so much to say, but let me just say this, and it needs to be said. It's a sin. Say it with me. Say that word. It's a sin. It's wrong. It's wrong. It drives God wonkers. It drives leaders crazy. It drives everybody nuts. Right? It's wrong. Numbers 11, again, you look at that chapter, it makes it super obvious that God can't stand complaining. He doesn't appreciate it doesn't like it. Look at Philippians 2.14. Do everything without complaining and arguing. The more we engage in complaining, the more that we grow dead on the inside. And that's my fear and my concern for people. It's sin. It's wrong. And and it needs to be treated as such, seriously. We look at another sin and go, this is wrong. I need to stop this. This needs to get out of my life, right? But we look at complaining in a different way. But I'm telling you, it's not. It's the same. It's wrong, it's sinful, and it needs, it, it, we have to stop excusing it, we have to stop tolerating it, and we have to eradicate it from our lives. This is what we need to be working on. Yeah. And listen, the mouth is notoriously difficult to control, right? Very, very difficult to control. Um, James is the famous passage. James 3 put it up for me. It says, people can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish. You can tame a fish? But no one can tame the tongue, right? It's restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. It's not right. And so let's call a spade a spade. It's sin. It's wrong. And it needs to be dealt with in our lives. It's, it's, we could just stop there, right? But here's the other thing that I, I mentioned it earlier, but just want to reemphasize it again. Why it's wrong as a believer also is that it's contagious. And people hurt the kingdom. They hurt churches. They hurt families. They hurt people by passing this contagious virus called complaining. We pass it around and we spread it to others. It's like misery loves company, Right? And we, we're miserable, and we're going to go in and make everybody around us miserable, right? Thank you very much. Why is it that a negative spirit is so easily passed around? You know? I remember a time in, uh, 
we were pastoring in Ottawa, and there was, uh, it was a long story, but I had been, uh, I'd spent a, a, an inordinate amount of time with a couple of people who had been complaining about a lot of things, and I found myself getting caught up in it, and I found myself complaining way too much. And the pastor brought me into his office one day, and he said, what's wrong with you? And I went, what? He goes, why are you, I said, I, I, I don't know, and he goes, you're complaining. Why are you letting their negative spirit get into your spirit? And he gave me a slap on the wrist, and he was right for doing it. And I realize I'm susceptible just like everybody else. When we, you know, as iron sharpens iron, so, so misery, you know, that, that spreads into us too, right? So why, why do I want to, you know, hang out with people who infect me with a virus? I want to hang out with people who build me up and make me better. And so I'm not saying we need to ignore these people, but there's a balance in our lives, right? People that literally, it's like sticking an IV and you spend an hour with somebody and they literally drain the lifeblood out of you. You walk out of a, a coffee meeting somebody for an hour over at Tim Hortons and I feel like I've ran half a marathon, right? And then another time, I go to Tim Hortons, I sit down for an hour, I meet with somebody, I leave, that, I leave that place, I feel good. I feel encouraged. I feel strengthened. I feel, I feel blessed, you know? This is who we're called to be. We're not called to be blood suckers. We're called to be life givers. And it's just wrong. So it's a sin. It's contagious. Here's the other thing. And we're almost done, but it, it destroys our ability to impact others. It really does. It removes our uniqueness as, as, as men and women of Jesus Christ, right? A believer who is constantly complaining is harmful to the kingdom of God. Nobody wants to be around a person like that. You don't have to be a Christian. You just have to be a normal person to not want to be around somebody who complains all the time, right? They're painful, right? We're supposed to be lights in a dark world that cannot be hidden. So a joyful, hopeful, positive, you know, person is attractive. That person is pleasant to be around. They are life-giving, right? Paul and Silas are in jail. Think about it, right? They had been beaten and whipped very badly, chained in, uh, in prison. And instead of complaining, what did they do? I will enter his gates with thanksgiving. You mean even though you got whipped? Yep. Even though you're in jail? Yep. They're not giving thanks for being whipped. They're not giving thanks for being in jail. They're saying, you're still good. And my life is still built on the foundation and the rock of Jesus. And the world can do anything to me, but I am still yours. Right? There's, you know, he's still working good in our lives. And so they, they, they begin to praise, right? The attitude, and, and of course, you know, the place shakes, all the, you know, the prison doors all fling open. The, the jailer is mightily impressed. He takes them back to his family and he says, what must I do to be saved? Right? Why? Why did that happen? Because they were sitting in their cells whining and complaining or because they said, God, we're going to give you praise. We're going to enter your courts with thanksgiving. 
We're going we're gonna to do something. And guess what it did? It made an impression on a jailer who needed the joy of the Lord in his life, right? It, 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 if we don't have that, if we are people of the opposite stripe or people who are constantly complaining and negative all the time, we, we, have no, we have nothing to give to anybody. Do you understand? We have nothing to share. We have nothing unique to give, right? God is good. God is love. God is wonderful. And somebody goes, well, why are you a miserable so-and-so, right? Why don't you get a little bit of that in your life first before coming and telling me about it, you know? We have to be different. We're called peculiar. Be peculiar. And one of, the reason, one of the ways we're peculiar is we're people of the Spirit who are filled with joy, filled with gratitude, and we don't focus on the negative. It's one of the things that should set us apart, right? So these men, Paul and Silas, give us just this taste, this little example of, of men who were different, right? And the jailer wanted what they had, right? So a complaining spirit will destroy our testimony. It will destroy our uniqueness. It will destroy our light. And so it's, it's wrong and needs to be destroyed in our lives. Last and real quick, how can we grow in this? How can we get better? We have to begin to focus on our blessings, Philippians 4, verse 8, put that up for me. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Right? Garbage in. It's your choice. You've got, you've got to choose what to focus on. Right? Focus on blessings. There's always things, like we said, to complain about, but there are always things to be thankful for, right? Always things. The question that has to be asked is, what are you focusing on, right? We are told to be thankful in all circumstances. That's what he says. We're not asked to be thankful for evil. We're not asked, right, to thank God even when bad things happen to us. It's, it's not that. It's we're thankful because our hope is still in Christ, that I believe that bad things in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world, right? That I am working good in your life. All things will work towards the good of those who love God. You mean he takes bad things and he works them for a good purpose? Yes, that's what he does. That's what he does. That's who he is. That's his business, right? The, the enemy steals, kills, and destroys. God comes to give life and to transform and to give you life more abundantly. He works for your good. He's for us, not against us, remember. We are your children, a heavenly father who loves us, who died for us, who wants to pour out blessing and goodness and strength and power into our lives. That's what he is. That's who he does. That's what he does. And so we have to focus on that blessing, right? When we have him, we are rich in everything that ultimately matters. Yes, be thankful for your turkey. Yes, be thankful for all of our blessings. And we need to be. We need to definitely be. But these things aren't ultimately what we're most thankful for. I, I, like, seriously. 
we are ultimately thankful for things that will never pass. The food will go, the stuff will go, the clothes will go, the shoes will go, everything will go. But at the end of the day, I am so thankful that he has my, he has my hand. And when I close my eyes for the last time, I will be in his presence. And the enemy can't take that from me. This is what we're absolutely rich in. We are rich in God, right? So a believer is a thankful person because we've come to realize that the greatest blessing is Jesus. It's actually the greatest blessing. It's one thing to say it. It's a whole other thing to really believe it. And I encourage you, focus, focus, focus on, on those blessings and not just the material blessings because then when they're gone, you get disappointed. We're thankful every good thing comes from above and he's going to bless us with stuff. But the greatest blessing I have is my connection to a God who loves me. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so is still the most powerful thing in the world. Do you understand? It's the most powerful thing, right? If we understand it to be true. So our greatest blessing is Jesus. Look at these verses and then we'll close. Ephesians 1.3, it says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with what? Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we're united with Christ. Some spiritual blessing? No, every spiritual blessing, right? Psalm 103, let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives my sins. He heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death, and he crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things, and my youth is renewed like the eagle's. That's the good thing that he does for me, right? Look at verse 10. He jumps down and he says this. He doesn't punish us for our sins. He doesn't deal harshly with us as we deserve. For his unfailing love towards those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. Do you understand? We have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. Every spiritual blessing. So listen, if you have food in your fridge, if you have clothes on your back, if you have a roof over your head and 20 bucks in your pocket, you're richer than 75% of the world. If you have Jesus, you're the most blessed of all. So give up complaining, take up thankfulness, and be intentional to let that grow stronger in your life. The, thank, the more thankful, the more gratitude you have, the deeper the connection and the relationship will be with Jesus. It will lead you into a more powerful worship times, which will then just keep... It, 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 you see how all these things, it just compiles, right? But it starts with a person who walks into his presence with thanksgiving. It changes everything. It is earth-shaking. It is chain-breaking. It is mountain-moving. It is powerful stuff. So be intentional and let that grow stronger in your life. From 11.13 until 11.13 next week, 
Don't let it come out of your mouth. You promise? Do your best. Okay, let's pray. Father, thank you today. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy. Lord, what words can we ever express, really, to say thank you for all that you've done? What you've done, Lord, even what we understand of what you've done is greater than our vocabulary. That while we were still sinners, you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross to save us so that we may have eternal life. You loved us so much that you sent your son. You loved us so much that you didn't want heaven without us. You want a relationship with us. You want a connection with us. You want a personal connection with each one of us. It's not just a religious thing. It's a personal thing. And so, Father, today, I pray in Jesus' name that we would be reminded in a deep, powerful way that we are children of God, that we are called to carry your mantle in this world, that you promised that you would give us everything we need to fulfill that calling. And so, God, you promised that you would give us the power. You promised you'd give us the wisdom. You promised you'd give us the strength. You'd promise, Lord, that you would give us anything we lack so that we may accomplish what you want to do in us and through us. And so, Father, today, we just, just pause just before we take off and we have a great weekend and enjoy time with friends and family. We pause just for a moment to say thank you. Thank you. Would you just, seriously, just take one moment and say thank you to him today for all that you have and for all the blessings that he is to you. Not just for stuff, but you are blessed with every spiritual blessing. He has redeemed us from the pit. Thank you, Lord, today. We thank you. Our words, Lord, can't fully be expressed, but we ask that you would help us, Lord, to live lives that prove that gratitude exists in us. Not to be men and women who focus on the negative, who are critical and dark and discouraged all the time, but people, Lord of the Spirit, people who walk in your light, people who walk in your strength. So I ask you today, Lord, that you would help us to take these next seven days and to do our very best and to see what kind of a change it will make in our lives. So thank you, Father, for each one today. Thank you for each life. Lord, we love you and we bless you and we honor you. You are good. You are great. You are God. And we, Lord, are so thankful to have you in our lives. There is none like you. We serve no other. You are still king. You are still ruler. And you are still master over all. And so we bless you today. God's people said amen. Amen.